Who are you? I'm Detective Mike Jardine. Oh yeah? What are you working on? What are you working on right now? Several cases. Okay. What, what is this about? Are you working on something right now? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Alright, what are you working on? What are you working on? It doesn't matter what I'm working oh. on. I'm asking you, what are you doing here taking pictures? Where have you uh, where have you been today? Have you been here all day? Or have you been out and about a little bit? What is this about? Who are you? I'm, I'm asking the questions. Where have you been today? No, have you been here? I'm asking the questions. You're on this property. You're you're on this property, so you need to ask answer my questions. Are you drunk? Why are you slurring your words today? What's suspicious about 1.41 in the morning? It's 1.41 in the morning every day. You said a public park? There you go. You said a public park. Eating a burger is suspicious. Eating a burger is... My lights are on. My position lights are on. My headlights are off. I don't want to point headlights to the traffic. My position lights are on. You're ruining my dinner. There is a lot of legislation out there. Right. Okay. Which you, I know. Uh, oh, well, yeah. you tell me what that legislation is. Well, I don't is need there. to tell you. You're an inspector, mate. I've told you there's legislation that prevents people from taking photographs right. of public buildings. Right. Okay. I can't quote, quote the actual script here right. of the legislation. Well, until you can, can quote you it, in place. stop talking about it. Right, okay. Because I know what it is. But well, until you, you can quote then. it, stop talking about it. I don't right, wish okay. to discuss it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and you are tuned into Solutions Watch, that regular D program where week after week after week, we examine things that you can do to change your life and the world for the better. And this time, we're going to look at a concept that should not be new to you in its general broad sense, but perhaps in its specific application. I'm talking about auditing, auditing public officials, auditing the police, First Amendment auditing. You may have heard about this under various appellations, but as I say, the idea is not a particularly new one, but the way, the, the form that it is morphing into online these days is interesting, and I think contextualizes this and makes it something that may be a valuable arrow to keep in your quiver. So, specifically, we've just seen some examples of that, but as I say, this won't be an entirely new phenomenon or idea to you, at the very least if you're a Corbett Report regular, because you'll be able to cast your mind back to various iterations of this idea that I've covered over the years. For example, uh, back on the podcast proper, episode 272 on solutions, surveillance, where back in 2013 I was looking at the concept of not surveillance, not on top, from from the top down below, but surveillance from the bottom up above, looking at the people who are supposed to be looking down at us, right? And turning the tables on them. Uh, you will remember, for example, my 2012 conversation with Carlos Miller of Photography Is Not a Crime, Pinac News, uh, where we talked about the concept of being able to film police and police interactions and how that is mostly perfectly legal, depending on your jurisdiction and dot, 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 and asterisk, asterisk. That's a very important conversation along these lines. And you will remember even just last year on Solutions Watch, where I talked to Dan Dix about 
non-compliance at travel checkpoints, examining a piece of uh, footage that Dan Dix uh, filmed uh, with a police interaction there in Canada. So again, you've seen iterations of this before, but perhaps most important for today's purposes is a 2015 Thought for the Day video that I had called FBI pleads, stop filming police, it's making them look bad, <laughs> where I highlighted this article from WTV, NBC affiliate, which was posting an AP article from October of 2015, FBI Director James Comey blames citizens with cameras for increase in violent crime. And as I noted at that time in that 2015 video, this is one of those Jedi mind trick mental gymnastics that has to be read to be believed. But back in 2015, the AP was reporting police anxiety in the era of ever-present cell phone cameras and viral videos partly explains why violent crime has risen in several large U.S. cities this year, FBI Director James Comey said Friday. Huh? People with cell phone cameras means a rise in violent crime? How does that relate? Let's find out. Comey, FBI Director James Comey at the time, told several hundred students during a forum at the University of Chicago Law School that it's critical to do more to address a widening gulf between law enforcement and citizens in many communities, particularly African Americans. Yeah, okay, how are you going to how are you going to address that widening gulf, Mr. Comey? He said while there are multiple factors behind the spike in violence in cities, including Chicago, officers and others nationwide have told them they see the era of viral videos as a link. I don't know whether this explains it entirely, but I do have a strong sense that some part of the explanation is a chill wind blowing through American law enforcement over the last year, and that wind is surely changing behavior. So eventually, of course, the ultimate line of reasoning here, or unreasoning, is that, well, if people are filming the police doing their job and, oh, by the way, committing uh, violent crime against people who they are supposedly uh, enforcing laws over and breaking law and uh, engaging in police brutality, if people actually try to film these interactions and hold police accountable, then police will be less likely to try to do their job. Because what if they get caught trying to do something bad? That, that is ultimately what, the, uh, what Comey was arguing there. And as I noted at that time, uh, what a ridiculous argument. But it does speak to something powerful, doesn't it? Because so often, I think, we can be misled and distracted by all sorts of different things. But watch what they tell you, what they admit they are uncomfortable about. The things that they then try to crack down on and stop and squelch are the things that they know is a chink in their armor. And this, I think, is one of them. Because, make no mistake about it, simply having recorded video evidence of the police or other public officials, public servants, violating the law, breaking their oaths, and otherwise infringing on the rights of the people will, from time to time, result in some actual justice being served. A cop pulls Chris Kalbaugh over at a DUI checkpoint and he starts asking the officer questions about whether or not he'll be detained. He's shrugged off, the cops forcing him to get out of the car and watch as they use a canine unit to justify probable cause to search the vehicle. Even though it's a DUI checkpoint, they never actually try to see if he's consumed alcohol or ask any questions about it at all. 
these crooked cops seem very interested in finding something else. Lo and behold, as soon as they realize that Chris has a camera in the car catching the entire thing on video, the officers let him go. Chris wasn't about to keep quiet about it either, so he uploaded the video and this cop became one of America's most disliked people within a few days. Immediately following the incident, Officer Rosario was placed on leave while the Springfield Police Department conducted an internal investigation, and he was terminated from his position on May 9, 2017. He was also charged with official misconduct and two counts of battery in the Circuit Court of Sangamon County. And after a trial, a jury found him guilty of official misconduct and one count of battery for making, quote, physical contact of an insulting or provoking nature with Mr. Humes. However, the jury determined that he was not guilty of battery causing bodily harm. As a result of his conviction, former Officer Rosario was sentenced to 24 months probation and ordered to comply with mental health, substance abuse, and anger management treatment. When issuing this sentence, Judge John Madonia stated that the body camera footage of the incident, quote, absolutely has the potential to erode confidence our community has to place in our officers, and that he had, quote, a responsibility to impose a sentence based on the jury's verdict, but to also make sure it doesn't happen again, and that our community be confident that we're addressing these issues. The dash cam video you're looking at is from the night of January 31st. In it, you can see St. Pete police officer Kenneth Pinek questioning DUI suspect Stephen Woodworth. You're going to shut up and listen while I'm talking. Now, watch and listen to what happens when the 45-year-old suspect won't comply with being questioned. You know what? <laughs> Pinek throws down his clipboard, swears, then throws Woodworth onto the ground cuffs him and arrests him for DUI. It's very clear that he did, took inappropriate actions. According to department policy, Pinek should have turned the dash cam video over to the state attorney's office as evidence in their DUI investigation. But he didn't. Instead, Pinek reportedly told the state attorney the recording was of no evidentiary value and it would, quote, disappear. The officer had a definite lapse in judgment. Suspicious of Pinek's words, the state attorney requested the official video and notified Pinek's superiors. Pinek's supervisors say he only turned over a portion of the dash cam that showed him transporting Woodworth to jail. That touched off an internal affairs investigation that ended with Pinek being fired for using excessive force. It was unacceptable behavior. Well, now, obviously, it does not need to be said that just because there is video evidence of some crime being committed, some law being broken, some right being violated by some law enforcement officer or public official does not mean that justice will be served. And I think we can all think of many examples where blatant, absolute illegal activity recorded on camera or otherwise is simply squelched in the injustice system. But... It is something that does, from time to time, actually affect some of these public servants. And they, I think, realize this. And certainly, people at the very top of the power pyramid are unlikely to be taken down by someone shoving a cell phone camera in their face. But the useful uh, tools of this overall system of injustice uh, can be thrown under the bus as need be by the powers that shouldn't be as a release valve. And I think they understand this. So bringing some sort of personal accountability and personal liability into the equation for public servants is a valuable tool to, at the very least, uh, get them 
at least while the camera is rolling, to respect uh, your basic rights. Now, having said that, there should always be an asterisk on every edition of Solutions Watch that this solution in particular, the actual uh, implementation of it, may not be for you. And especially, I think, when we talk about uh, the recent Solutions Watch on simple sabotage or on this one about auditing public servants, this may not be a solution that you want to actively engage in. And if you do, if you are interested in this and intrigued about it, I would say proceed with extreme caution because, again, something that I think should not probably need to be told to my audience, uh, the person with the gun in the interaction is generally going to win that particular action on that particular day, regardless of whatever law may or may not be written in some dusty book on some bookshelf. The person with the actual power in a given situation is probably going to rule the day. So if and when a, a, a police officer or anyone else decides to just violently and, and flagrantly violate the law and do things that they are not allowed to do, well, they often can do them and sometimes will even get away with them. But regardless of whether or not they get away with them, engaging in this kind of auditing, going up to public officials and, and either... Uh, deliberately trying to provoke some sort of interaction with them, or at the very least, literally auditing, trying to see whether whether you do have this particular right that is written down in this book, and can you exercise it without being illegally detained or worse. Uh, again, this is not something to be taken lightly, and it can result in you being imprisoned. It can result in serious jail time. It can even result in your actual death. All of these are potential things that could result from these types of interactions. If you provoke the wrong person on the wrong day, in the wrong way, uh, you have no idea how this is going to end up. So I would say definitely there are some big caveats and asterisks and proceed with cautions around this solution. But I am glad there are people out there who do engage in this activity and put that out for the, the, the masses to see how these interactions go, because is, this is very valuable information. Um, but as I say, it's not for everybody, and I don't think uh, it should be engaged in lightly. So in order to get a better grasp of this concept and where it comes from and how it can be uh, effectively used as a solution, I wanted to talk to someone who has some experience in this space, this cop-watching slash auditing slash um, police accountability space. So I turned to Jason Bassler of thefreethoughtproject.com. And the the is important in that URL. It is thefreethoughtproject.com. The link, of course, will be in the show notes for today's edition of Solutions Watch. And I hope that you will go there, there if you are not already familiar with the website. It has been around since 2013. And one of its heavy focuses of attention is on this issue of police accountability. And there on any given day of the week, you are likely to find new stories about various police interactions, uh, people getting uh, arrested, their rights being violated, auditors doing their job, trying to get some police accountability. 
Um, there's a lot of information on those lines. Of course, especially in the United States, uh, it is a U.S.-based website. But Jason Bassler, the co-founder of the Free Thought Project, has been doing this and engaging in this since at least 2013 when he co-founded the website. He's also been involved in Police the Police and other organizations like that. So he knows a thing or two about this. So I had the chance to talk to him today, and I asked him about what is this concept of auditing and how can it be usefully applied? Auditing is exactly what the name suggests. It's um, auditing government employees, public officials, law enforcement, uh, to see if they're going to honor their oath and uphold the Constitution, the First Amendment to the Constitution. Um, oftentimes they do. Uh, sometimes, I should rephrase that, oftentimes they don't. Sometimes they do. And uh, that's where uh, a lot of the appeal for these videos uh, comes in. So um, as I mentioned, yeah, more of a newer phenomenon, somewhere around 2016. Um, but, you know, the camera acts as a um, transparency marker, you know, for these types of uh, situations for the public to witness uh, what, you know, these public officials are, how they're treating people, how they, um, you know, uphold the laws. If they uphold the laws at all, oftentimes they uh, just want to control the situation. They kind of want to uphold, um, you know, the, their ego, I guess you could say. So there's um, some conflict there, you know, because if there is, uh, you know, they're supposed to be protecting and serving, then they shouldn't be, uh, you know, enforcing their egos. They should be enforcing the laws. So a lot of times these audits um, go down at different places, police departments, uh, sometimes even military installations, public hospitals we were seeing them at during uh, the pandemic. Um, social security offices, libraries even. So anything that's basically a, pub a public uh, funded or a government owned building, um, you're going to see these types of audits. Now, uh, according to Wikipedia, the definition is uh, first amendment audits are largely American social movements that usually involves photographing or filming from a public space. It's often categorized by its practitioners known as auditors as activism and citizen journalism that tests constitutional rights and the particular right to photograph and video record in a public space. And I would say that pretty much sums it up really well. I know that this is an issue that you've been covering at the Free Thought Project since its founding. Cop watching, policing the police, police accountability, auditing. Um, why, how did you get into this and why is it such an important part of what you do? Well, in my opinion, you know, law enforcement is the, the enforcement arm for the ruling class, you know, so we have to be shining a light on what their actions are. And, you know, we need to be also following up on all types of levels of accountability when there are actually acts of justice within the courts. This is something that's very important to me. I, I believe that, you know, as an anarchist, a libertarian anarchist, there's not enough people within uh, our movement really focusing on this specific topic. And we have a lot to bring to the table in this conversation, you know, as far as decentralizing and those types of solutions. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of times people have um, viewed this movement as being more of a leftist movement, especially after the, the George Floyd protests. Uh, and what we've seen is about 140 years of uh, protests and you know, groveling and begging government officials to uh, implement some type, type of incremental reform through legislation. And over and over again, uh, we've seen that fail. You know, we could go back to the Haymarket riots back in the 1880s. And, uh, you know, that was the very first police brutality protest. 
And since then, you know, we, we could go all the way to, you know, the 90s with the, riot, uh, the riots and, and Watts with Rodney King. So we continue to kind of beg and grovel for these politicians to fix things when uh, there's not really uh, a legitimate solution there. And if there is, it's very, very slow moving. Whereas we could completely change the paradigm with some of these uh, libertarian anarchist ideas of decentralizing um, with protection and security services at a more of a local level. So tell us about the work that you have done on this issue over the years and some of the uh, the people that you like to highlight. Sure. So, um, yeah, I've uh, started the police police organization in 2012. Um, it basically started from watching some of the police brutality protests uh, at the Occupy Wall Street uh, movement. And it was enough to light the fire inside of me and realize I had to get involved. I had to do something. Um, and so I did. You know, a lot of times it's funny. I get pushback from a lot of the police supporters and they say, well, you have to have some type of criminal record or, you, you know, you have some type of reason, bad running with the police. And no, actually, I don't. I, I've never been arrested. I have a completely clear criminal record. Uh, yet I still see the urgency of uh, paying attention to this specific topic because uh, thousands of people are dying. A thousand people plus Americans are dying every year. Um, a thousand Americans every year are dying because of police violence. So uh, to me, that's, that's something significant. I don't care if it's left or right. Uh, those are those are people. Those are humans. That's some type of life. That's somebody's family member. And, uh, you know, there needs to be somebody paying attention to this, uh, shining a, a light on it and documenting and archiving. And that's primarily what my organization has done, uh, trying to document and archive uh, police brutality, uh, police misconduct and abuse of authority. And I would say we've been successful. You know, we've written thousands of articles over the years. Uh, we've created a lot of awareness through various social media platforms, uh, more of the mainstream platforms. At one point, we had uh, 1.9 million followers on Facebook uh, before they took us down uh, back in 2018 when they took down the Free Thought Project and Police to Police on the same day, Facebook and Twitter. So, um, yeah, we've been very effective at marketing these types of concepts and reaching a broad audience, whether left or right, um, to highlight, you know, those various types of police misconduct and abuse of authority types of issues. Tell us about some of the auditors that uh, you you like and some of the people that you've talked to about this. Sure. Yeah. So um, there's a couple that really stand out to me. Uh, I'm sure everybody has some of their own favorites. Uh, my favorites are uh, San Joaquin Valley Transparency. He lives down uh, in Southern California. He has uh, a bit of uh, humor to his work, you know, so he could be behind the camera. He could be telling jokes. He could have a little bit more of a lighthearted uh, demeanor and approach with law enforcement. And, you know, I, I should point out, James, that when the cameras are rolling, it's not about trying to incite or provoke some type of interaction with cops. In fact, the best videos, the ones that actually get the most views are the ones that are the most authentic. And I've seen some of the good interactions with police actually get just as many views, if not more, than some of the videos where cops are belligerent and you know acting a fool. So uh, I think that should be pointed out because it, it highlights both the good and the bad. So somebody like San Joaquin Valley Transparency does a very good job of walking that line of not trying to agitate or intimidate law enforcement, but uh, ask a few questions, see if they could start a dialogue. And a lot of times uh, he approaches it in a way that they will kind of open up and talk with them. He could try to educate them while educating his viewers at the, t the same time. 
So uh, he's one of my favorites, uh, also a personal friend. Check out the Free Thought Project podcast for our interview with him. Another person we also recently did an interview with is James Freeman. James is out of Arizona, I believe. Uh, he's he's kind of moved all over the place. Um, he has a little bit more of a witty uh, appeal to him. He could uh, right off the cuff say something to police and, and really get their attention. He did a video where he kind of uh, it went mega viral. And he did a video where he changed roles with the officers. So he uh, was questioning the officer, you know, once he got out of his car, like, what are you doing? Uh, are you, have you been drinking? Do you have any drugs in the car? And that's the type of stuff that people like to see. I think that's the type of uh, interactions that people aren't used to seeing, right? Because we've always been so, uh, you know, instructed and, and uh, indoctrinated, I guess you could say, to obey the police and never to question the police. So, uh Somebody like James Freeman, he will go in there and, and actually challenge them and, and cross that line. Now, he'll also be very careful about not you know, crossing the line in the sense where he's not uh, over-engaging, he's not uh, criminalizing himself, he's not, uh, again, provoking or inciting, but he, he will try to get some type of reaction from them. So uh, it's, it's a fine art, I guess you could say, trying to really walk that line. Um, a few other people I would say... Uh, News Now, South Carolina. I feel like he slowed down a little bit, but very, very witty, knows his rights. He would also try to push the line with two-way activism while doing the 1A activism, uh, which was a whole, uh, <laughs> the way it would provoke police, I guess you could say. Um, not, again, intentionally, but because they're so triggered when they see somebody, especially a black man, walking around uh, a court parking lot with a firearm. Uh, even though it's completely legal to do so. So um, those are some of my favorites. Um, also, another guy who recently got locked up on federal charges, Joshua Martinez. Uh, he's made a target of himself, unfortunately, doing this type of auditing work, uh, doing the civil dis disobedience. And uh, he he made a couple Facebook posts, and that was enough for uh, the local officials to arrest him. So I would highly suggest uh, people check out his story as well, Joshua Martinez. You know, Jason, you kind of took the word right out of my mouth because there is a science to this to a certain extent because there are the written rules of what you can and cannot do in certain interactions and blah, blah, blah. But then there's the art of knowing how to do this and in what way and for what purpose. Are you actually auditing or are you simply trying to provoke a reaction for views? Sure. Uh, this can be done well and it can be done very poorly. And the difference could not just be a difference in how popular your channel is, it could literally be the difference between whether you get arrested or killed or not. I mean, if you do this um, in a stupid way, you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So I guess there is a sort of a, um, cautionary side to this. Um, if you go into this, um, I certainly do hope more people will start doing this and auditing their public officials, but I certainly hope that they will do so in a responsible manner and in a way that they're not going to get in trouble for it. So if you were talking to people out there who were considering doing something like this, what would be your advice for them? First of all, know your rights. Know exactly your intentions going in. Also know the property boundaries. Go on geo maps and actually check where the public easement starts, where the public easement ends. Those are very important things because if you're on one foot on our public property, which they claim is their own, then they can actually trespass you and arrest you. Uh, another thing I would say is 
don't go auditing alone unless you have some experience. Go with somebody else just in things, just in case things go sideways. You have another camera there to back you up and uh, also let you know friends and family know if you were arrested. Uh, on that same, on that same tip, I would say also live stream while you're auditing. Uh, that's probably one of the most important things you could do because if there is some type of altercation with police, uh, it, there's a chance it could get erased. There's a chance it could disappear from your phone. However, it's live streaming up into the cloud. There's uh, no chance it will be erased. So I would say that's one of the most important things you could do. Also, I would say um, here's another one that, that's really important. Wear bright clothing. A lot of times uh, officers will say that you're trying to obstruct or you're trying to um, you know, creep up on them or you're, you're presenting a danger to them. Uh, if you're wearing bright clothing, you're obviously trying to be seen, right? So that's one thing I would say is really important. Uh, always pack extra batteries, have plenty of storage space. I've heard horror stories of people actually running out of storage space while they're auditing during an encounter. Um, and also one last uh, really good uh, even cop watching tip whenever you go out, write the number for a bailout and uh, contacts for your friends on your arm with a Sharpie, just in case you get arrested and they take your phone. You always have a way to contact friends and family. Once again, Jason Bassler of thefreethoughtproject.com, a website that I would highly recommend, especially if you are interested in this subject of police accountability and want to see some of these audits and the results of these audits, which at times can be quite startling, um, as well as just general news. Um, and also the police, the police organization, which Jason Bassler is a part of, which um, has is on all the main social media outlets. I will link them in the show notes for today's episode of Solutions Watch. But right there, I think you can see he offers some very good practical advice for people who are thinking about stepping into this world. Although, once again, let me st state, do not start doing audits lightly. Um, preferably do it with someone who has done these before and uh, do it in partners so that you have someone there to document what happens to you if an audit goes badly. And also, of course, don't do this unless and until you have seen many, many examples of audits and have a sense of what what works and what doesn't and in what way and what what is your ultimate goal in these types of interactions and why are you doing it? Again, I think there's a lot of self-reflection that needs to go on before you even start to think to do this for yourself. But as I say, I'm glad people are starting to do this and documenting the results so that we can see what what tends to work and what doesn't and better ways to do this and what can result from them. This is an ongoing experiment, as all of these solutions are. Once again, I hope people understand the underlying point of Solutions Watch. These are all ideas that are being thrown out there and they can be adapted and adopted to your various circumstances in all sorts of different ways and they can be useful as tools in certain situations and they may not work at all as tools in other situations. So please always keep that in mind. And... As I say, please, at the very least, be aware if you do get involved in auditing itself, um, please be aware of what the risks are and keep those in mind and take appropriate precautions. Having said that, you don't have to necessarily start doing audits yourself. Of course, you can just simply support the community and the people who are doing this. And as 
Jason Bassler was mentioning. He was mentioning some specific auditors out there that uh, he enjoys the interactions of. All of the clips that you've seen today, all of the uh, people that have been mentioned, I will link up in the show notes so that you can go and start exploring this entire world that perhaps you did not know existed, but certainly does. Having said that, the ball is in your court. I am very interested to hear about your own experience with this. Certainly, if you've done any auditing or know firsthand of any auditing that's been done or examples like this, or have any stories of your own personal interactions that have or have not gone well along these lines that were or were not recorded, um, I think that's valuable data, and I certainly hope that you will leave that for other people to start accumulating more information on this subject so that they can start applying it in their own lives. And, of course, the big asterisk over all of this is that not only does your mileage vary within each interaction, but then, of course, depending on your locale, your jurisdiction, whatever laws may be on the books on the dusty bookshelves in your particular locale may very much change. So don't take what someone is doing over here in this county of this state in this place as something that you can just apply um, without thinking towards your own location. Obviously, the first ground rule of all of this is know your own local laws and ordinances back to front, off by heart, so that you can cite specific um, passages and, and know exactly what the, what the rule book says, at any rate. That would be, I think, the ground rule for getting involved in this. But as I say, I want to hear about your experience with this or anyone that you um, follow and, and find uh, to be a good auditor. Um, please share that. And of course, as always, the place to leave your commentary is not at the various social platforms. It's at CorbettReport.com. Corbett Report members are highly encouraged to come and leave their feedback in the comment section for this edition of Solutions Watch at CorbettReport.com. If you are not a Corbett Report member yet, why not? I not only appreciate your support, but it also gets you into the community so that you can start posting comments and accessing the weekend subscriber newsletter. Having said all of that, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Solutions Watch. I'm looking forward to your feedback on this topic, and I will be back with more in the very near future. Got about five minutes to get out of here right now. Or what? Or what? You're you're on my property. This isn't your yeah, property. It is. Shut the hell up. Get out of here now. What'd you say? I said shut up and get out no, of here. No, you get out of here now. Hey, you better get it. You better get your boy. Get your butt back in your office you and do your up. job. You shut up and get you out You get of your here. butt back in your office no. and do your job. No. No. You quit drinking on the job. You understand me? Whatever. You punk ass. You get your ass back in there. You don't look back here again. I'll be watching you. You are now under investigation. To be clear, it has not been proven that Detective Mike Jardine is or was drinking on the job.